one. Hello and welcome to episode 248 of Three Bears in the Movie. I'm Richard Laird and I'm with... Colin McKay. Hello. Colin, it's a lovely sunny night in Scotland. As although I was duped this, the, this morning because um, last night Lorraine said it's going to be lovely tomorrow and uh, I wore that again. I've got on like a floral shirt and stuff like that. You can see it with palm trees on it and I was lovely. all summered up and I went out to get the bus at 10 to 8 in the morning and it was fucking freezing. So, okay. <laughs> so yeah, it did what it warmed up eventually, but my God, it was cold this morning. Your colourful shirt is bringing um, sort of summer time to us all. That's all it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. kind of spreading it, but um, yeah, I just wish it was a because I, I feel the cold. I'm, I'm perpetually cold, do you know what I mean? So if, when somebody tells me it's warm, it's got to be like above 40 degrees. To, yeah, because you're, to, you're to a tiny little me. human. Your skin is touching directly onto your bone. That's why right? <laughs> there's nothing <laughs> in between. Wind blows through me, yeah. Uh-huh, yes. Um, so yeah, I, I was a bit pissed off at that this morning. I was like, this is this is not summer. This is... <laughs> This feels distinctly winterish to me still. Still just doing very wintery time, yes. <laughs> um, what are you drinking? I'm not drinking anything tonight. Um, I'm just on a, a mug of tea. Um, not, oh, not you've been a good tonight. boy. So last week it was me and this week it's you. Yes, um, so I'll go back so, to normal. I've got, a, I've, I've got a very nice one for next week, though, that I'll, I'll bring as a surprise next week. Oh, I'm intrigued oh. now. Um, so I, I'm drinking um, a can of solar flare from okay. the Tool Brewery in, in Denmark. So Danish nice. beer, which I don't think I've ever had before. Maybe. Um, th- this is a session IPA brewed with papaya, pink guava, and mango, um, and, and it's a very it, it's a very pride looking can, isn't it? Yeah, it has got a kind of rainbow, like a kind of faded rainbow through it. Um, so it's quite quite a pretty can as well. Although it's, I feel if I was kind of shopping for beer in a supermarket, and I, I can't because it doesn't show you. The front of the can is that there's no there's not no writing on it. At it's all. not really giving you much. Yeah, exactly. And I would yeah. just go right past because I want to see. Something, a picture of a fucking demon or something. Yes. Like, oh, what, ah, you, 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 you might see something like that, yeah. Yeah, but, but um, I, I'm just about to have my, my very first sip. And it's, it looks very pale and smells quite quite fruity. It, it sounds exceptionally fruity. Actually, oh, the bitterness comes through. Yeah, mm. it, it's got, it's fruity, but bitter fruit. Okay. Um, like grapefruity almost. Um, I'm for that. So it's almost like a bit like a disco forklift a little bit. A wee bit, yeah. It's it's quite refreshing. It's it's mm. definitely a kind of light drink. I think it's only four point seven percent, four point two percent as well. So you could drink hundreds of them. And but the problem is, what you told me off mic is it's one of your beer fifty two ones, which I've had as well. So I'm not against it. Yes, but yeah. it's all available with them. Therefore, you won't be able to get that beer anywhere else again. You couldn't get it. Yeah, it's exclusively brewed for. Aye. Which, which suggests that beer fifty two must be doing okay. they have got brewers. Making shit for them, I guess. Aye, probably small batches, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, such wanks at me, craft beers. It's just. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, it's a nice beer. It sounds like a nice beer. It sounds like a nice beer. Uh, it's, it's, it's very light. Um, are, you, are you drinking normal tea? Are you drinking any fancy tea? No, I'm drinking. I'm a tetley man in that set, my friend. I'm, I'm not doing fancy. No, I, I do. Well, I'm the same. I like Earl Grey. That, that's that's my mm-hmm. go to. It's, it's very refreshing. I like the yeah, my orange coming from yeah. it. It's like, it's like tetley, but super fresh almost. Yes. Um, it is one of the. Oddly, very British things about me. Um, I, yeah. I don't really, t- but I do drink an inordinate amount of tea. Um, yeah, and, it's one th- uh, and it's one thing I don't like. I don't like about America is trying to get a decent cup of tea in America is 
physically fucking impossible. They do not know how to make a cup of tea. It's quite no. embarrassing, to be honest, how, how bad they are at it. Tea um, is like quite a British institute, though, isn't I think it? it is, yeah. You know, it is a stereotype for a reason. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, one, it's one that well truly lives up to it. Um, and working from home, I'm drinking at least about nine cups a day, so like, it's, yeah, it's <laughs> probably not good for you. Um, yeah. Anytime we've been holiday to Spain, like, I'll just I'll drink tea all day long. I mean, we're 36 degree heat and I'm yeah. a cup of tea. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's madness. It's madness. Yeah, but um, yeah, same, same as you. I do enjoy my tea immensely. Um, yeah, there's um, Lorraine's got a really weird one. It's called Russian Caravan. And oh, it's yeah. a smoky tea. So when mm, you drink, I'm not, it, you I'm not one for the fancy teas. Yeah. It. Not fancy. Oh no, Lorraine's got fucking loads of hundreds of fruit teas and all that and she's into the kid i don't like herbal teas and stuff like that yeah but she, she's got loads and loads but yeah the smoky ones it's weird because it is smoke do you know when you're drinking yeah. it, you taste this not having it I, I like I, I like it simple like it simple um totally 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 if i'm going to push it out in a boat scottish blend but what, that, that's oh, as far as i go um, you do the yorkshire one what's it called um yorkshire, yorkshire tea. Yorkshire yeah, tea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's what we do because i found totally wasn't quite giving me the right the strength, so we moved up to that so we did and that's been <laughs> the go-to for the past two years now we're officially hitting middle age column we're talking about tea. Uh, well, <laughs> I've, I've, i'm kind of past that i'm <laughs> in um, old age now anyway <laughs> before we start talking about movies like like children um let's talk about the sad news that happened since the last we spoke. Oh, God, uh, this really, really got me, this one. And this is the passing of Mr. Fred Ward, um, a definitive character actor, a, a proper 27%. A guy turns up in anything and is always good in it. Um, um, passed yeah. away at 79. Um, probably, for us, I think most famous for Tremors. I think that is a film that will endear him to most audiences. That's the one I remember him from. It's Tremors. I watched that yeah. film ridiculous amounts. I, I watched that film. Yeah. I had it on I, I taped it on VHS off the TV, then I had a VHS copy of it, then I had a DVD and Blu-ray, and I saw it in the cinema with you. Yeah, we should have seen cinema as well. So um, that film is, yeah, that yeah. Film is um, very important um, to me. No, that, this one really got me, because I texted you about it anyway, but oh. um, three, three of my favourite movies um, are it's, it's Tremors. Obviously, it's, yes. I adore Tremors. Um, and then there's a film called Remo, um, in Britain, it's called Remo, Unarmed and Dangerous. I've not seen this one. Um, it, it's pure cheese for the yeah. 80s. Um, you know, he's a cop, he gets killed, uh, they fake his death, bring him back, they train him up in like a deadly Korean martial art and then send him out in the world as an assassin. So who's he? Is he, the, is he the cop, the he's, train? Yeah, yeah, he's, okay. he's Remo. Um, it is dreadful, but it's it's great fun. It, it's got crazy shit like he can swim through sand. Okay. <laughs> Do you he know never, what I mean? So I think he was, he's the lead in this film, that film. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he very really was he the lead. He was always the yeah, second or no, third. He, he never very really was the lead. So you could poke holes through like, what would we finger and stuff like that? Kind of madness. <laughs> yeah. it's, it, it, it's so much fun. Um, absolutely, absolutely. For this one. And um, the right stuff, of course. Love the right like stuff. Grism, um, he totally owns that role. Um, yeah. Grism. He was also in Southern Comfort, which I really like as well with Powers yeah. Booth. It's, you know, the village men down south and getting ambushed by the. The rednecks and stuff like that. Is that can I say rednecks? Yeah, yeah, the rednecks, yeah. It, it, it was almost like a prototype deliverance, wasn't it? Kind of, was it in the, yeah, 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 but yeah, but a, maybe a bit more kind of glossier, possibly. Yeah. But that was a great film. Um, and uh, of course, Miami Blues, which is an amazing film. Um, have you seen Miami Blues? I don't think I've seen Miami Blues either. No, uh, it's him and Alec Baldwin. So he plays a cop called Hope Mosley. Um, Alec Baldwin's like a small time crook who basically knocks him out and steals his false teeth. 
and right. has to go and basically get his false teeth back. Um, it's like that, but Big Lebowski, it, but with teeth rather than a rock, all, basically. Almost, it's just bizarre. Him, uh, Alec Baldwin and Jennifer Jason Lear are in it. Oh, right, a good cast. I would say it's for me, they've never done anything better since, possibly. Um, <laughs> it's really worth digging out if you can get we'll it. We'll try and find it's that one, yeah. Wonderful film. And I also told you I had a wee story to tell as well about, okay. about Edward. Um, so going back maybe about seven or eight years, uh, I'm sure I've told you this before, but I'll tell it on Mike because it's, it's fun. Um, remember when we used to get birthdays and we would tweet a famous person and say, oh, it's my yes, pal's birthday, yes. go to say happy birthday. We used to do that now and again for each other. I remember you got Springsteen's guitarist to tell me happy birthday and stuff. I did. Nils Lofgren, I think uh, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Nils Lofgren. Um, so I'd said to Chris Gilby, um, our mutual friend, who sometimes joins us in, in life Sometimes talks to us. Who's very self-effacing up. I'd yeah. said to him it's my birthday, you knew it was my birthday coming up, and it did. Spoke to him about my love for Fred Ward, and he decided he was going to tweet Fred Ward and say, "It's Colin's birthday. He's a massive fan. Can you, can you wish him a happy birthday?" Um, mm. And the next day, I got happy birthday from Fred. Ah, um, no, Fred Willard. <laughs> <laughs> so he got the wrong Fred. I mean, it was nice. There's only Fred two Willard. Freds who work in Hollywood, and he got the he got the wrong one. <laughs> got the wrong one. Um, so I did get a nice birthday message from, from Fred Wells, which is yeah. nice. So you know, I'm quite, quite yeah. proud of that. It would have been nice if it was Fred Fred Ward, you know, yes. who had told him about. Um, but yeah, I got I got a, a happy birthday greeting from Fred Ward and said, yeah. <laughs> he was very much like he's almost like a he is almost like he's, he's, he could easily have been a Bruce Campbell, like he is sort of in that same mm. level of sort of like even he, he worked just consistently, constantly yeah. in anything just because yeah. the working actor and he had that sort of. Maybe they maybe they can quite have that the same thing that Bruce Campbell's got that sort of like um sort of rack on tour that Bruce Campbell had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They yeah, quite have that, but he still had he still had that kind of fan base, people who loved him. And everything you saw in a film, even if the film wasn't good, usually enjoyed him in it. He he he's like William Factor, you know what I mean? You put it doesn't matter what yeah. he's in, he's the thing that you know will come out shining bright. Um, yeah. always, always. Um he was also quite a handsome fellow as well. And he, he was younger, he was, yeah, he, he was kind of grizzled lad. when he was yeah. older, but yeah, he, he was a kind of handsome. You see why we play Gus because I'm reading the book right now about Gus Grissom. You can see why Fred Ward would play him because you know astronauts back in the day were all very handsome. Guys yeah, and Fred Wobbs, yeah, all, all American looks and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, another so, film yeah. he's in that I really like that you know one of really mentions is Escape for Alcatraz. You ever seen that yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. Smaller, smaller role in that. He plays a uh, prisoner, he, one of the three yeah. prisoners who try and escape. Remember? Escape with him, yeah. And he's, yeah. he's quite young back then as well. I think he's one of his um, early, early roles actually. Cause he's yeah, because really I think young. he maybe started late 60s, early 70s in TV shows and stuff. Yeah. And Alcatraz was kind of late 70s, wasn't Aye. it? Maybe? Yeah, so Aye. yeah, it would have been one of his. A good film. Brilliant film, absolutely yeah. amazing. So yeah, this one was quite quite sad for me. And proper proper hurt me. So, oh yeah, um, sad. Yeah. So and you brought you brought the news to me. I woke up to a text you saying Fred Ward's dead, and I was like, oh my god. Um, uh, yeah. And you and you Fred Ward, the one you'd want to know about. Yeah, it's yeah. sad. Yeah, anyway, we'll move on from that. We'll move on to some. some, some let's movies. be happy. Yeah, let's, let's be happy. Up now. Yeah. Have you? I've got one film to talk about that's non cinema related. Have you got anything of interest non cinematic that you want to uh, talk about? Well, no, that, that my, my TV time has been, been consumed by, well, because of work and stuff like that, I've been watching a few episodes of Cheers, some Golden Girls, and um, I, I seem to have, God, I keep doing this, um, Forged in Fire is my new go-to when I'm at Ireland, so I'll just sit in Ireland for a couple of hours and put on episodes of Forged in Fire, because I do enjoy watching people making dangerous making weapons. Things. And, yeah, yeah, it's, it's quite 
try. It's, it's, a, it's a chillness to it, do you know what I mean? Just, yes, yeah, this is cool. So I've been watching that, but not, that, nothing interesting to your question. Nope. I'm, try, I'm trying to pick it up, but it's not, nothing. Try and watch, try and watch, go on, for the sake of a, of a film podcast, try and watch some goddamn films. That's all I'm going to no, say. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling useless trivia, if nothing else. If nothing else, you have that, yes. <laughs> um, well, I guess I'll mention one that I did watch on Netflix. It's not a Netflix original, it's just one that Netflix happened to have. Um, I think it was out a few years ago. It's called Redemption of a Rogue. It's an oh. Irish film. Um, I think it maybe won like Irish BAFTAs and stuff like that, like for first-time filmmaker. The best way I can describe it is, it, well, it's about a guy who returns to his hometown um, to, and he, to basically, he's sort of the, the, the local like sort of black sheep. He turns, returns to the town. No one really wants him back. His brother and him don't like each other, but he comes back. His father dies. Um, and the day his father dies, it starts to rain. And basically, his father cannot be buried until the rain stops. That was part of his father's will. But at the same time, while that happens, the whole town is going to shit and everybody leaving the town and all the kids won't talk now because it's rained for like 90 days constant. So he's now got to contend with the town not wanting want to, want to bury his father so that the rain will stop, essentially. And he's just sort of, as he's going through the, the work, it's sort of told us a sort of series of parables as he's going through the through the town. He's, he sort of realises back, he's preferring about his backstory and, and sort of like why the town hates him and why they don't like him and you know, why he left and why he's returned. Um, oh, cool, it's, cool. I would describe it as if Martin McDonough made a Coen Brothers movie or if the Coen Brothers wrote a Martin McDonough movie. That's what the result yeah, would be. Yeah, that's what the result would be. It's, except it's a very, very dark black comedy. Really funny, really well done. Excellent um, acting from everybody in it. And just one of those films that I'd never heard of, it's... Totally mm. under my radar. I've never not even heard any of the like, I listen to a lot of film podcasts and read a lot of film magazines. I've not really heard anything about this film. So I just watched it on a flyer based on the fact that the trailer looked relatively funny. Um on you know when you fucking through Netflix and the yeah, yeah, and it says you may you may like. Yeah. Aye, so I gave it a go. Ninety odd minutes, well worth watching. It's a very Can I have a stab at who who would be in it? Um so it's an Irish film, Irish made, yeah. Yes, no one of note is in it, no one you recognise. Liam Cunningham, not in there. No, no one. Like literally no, no one. No one at all. No, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a wee check now to get the cast, but there's, there's no one I recognised in the film. Um, oh, okay. Um, because it is very much, it feels like very much like a first time, I think it might be my first time director. Does it feel like an indie kind of renegade movie? Yes, or? it's got yeah. that kind of very much that... Um, Irish punk. Let's go Irish Aye, it's, it's got it. that yeah. kind of feeling to it that it's um, that it's been made by someone that like they're not making it with, like, with very little money and it's all been done in the sort of, you know... Yeah. friends and family always to an extent almost it feels a bit like that um the guy, I do find... the guy in it called aaron monaghan he's the main guy in it he's a sort of the, the lead yeah. he's popped up in assassin's creed in 71 in pan i think he's all sort of very minor minor yeah you, minor you roles in this you yeah. would even recognize him um mm-hmm. but that's about it man there's no one else really of note you would even you'd even recognize but everyone in it feels they belong in the world they're in yeah. Um, and because of that, it's it's very funny, and like I said, I, I just generally really enjoyed it. It's a film. It's one of the kind of films I, I was I was going to ago. say, but I, I'm kind of finding just now that I, I'm enjoying these like kind of lower budget independent movies a lot, lot more. Um, what, what you were saying there's, there's nobody famous, and I think sometimes that helps the story because oh, absolutely, you, yeah. like, if Tom Cruise is in something like that. You're watching Tom Cruise play the character, but when you don't yeah. know who it is, you, you know, you're watching the character. You're yeah. no investment in the actor, so, you know, mm. you're buying the character all the time. Yeah. Plus, as well, uh, 
just in terms of just like general storyline and just being a bit braver and bolder and you know, that's what it is. That's always what I feel. Move away from the generic nonsense, which seems to be eighty percent of what's out there just now. So it's nice that there is stuff like this still. Yeah, that's always that's always been well a love for India low budget film is like yeah. when you're doing those kind of films, usually you have two or three voices maybe try to tell a film, maybe even one voice. As soon as you get to something big budget, there's too many people with too much money invested in it. Yeah. It has to very it has to tread a very very narrow line in order yeah. to get to even get made. Which you're, you're going to talk about a film later on. I've not seen it yet. You're going to talk about one later mm. on. Which mm-hmm. the fact that film actually got made is actually fucking unbelievable. Based Bizarre, on yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's more the the uh, exception to the rule. You know? Yeah, yeah. You there know, are a few exceptions to the rule. But are, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. they do pop up. They're brilliant, but they are the ones that almost slip through the net in terms of that, rather than being sort of ones that are studio yeah. still. And you probably see the way cinema is right now. There's not a lot of like sort of. It's all just a big budget tentpole films, very sort of beige. All try to appeal to one, you know, not well, one to all audiences. There's not a lot just for like the older well, audience. The film, the film you were talking about that I've seen that you have not is one that you had to travel into Glasgow to see because yeah. it's not shown at your local Cineworld. Happily, it's getting bigger release this week. Is it right? Yes, okay. it's getting realised this film is is maybe yes. the hype has caught up, and they're thinking, "Fuck, we better jump in this bandwagon." That's yes. good. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad. He's getting that, that'll be good. Um, but no, I do the exact same as you. I just, yeah, I fucking relish that that boldness that independent filmmakers have got. Jumping mm-hmm. where they can just say, Fuck you, this is my idea, yeah. I'm doing it. And I won't be surprised, I don't want to watch a film and know what's coming. And also, yeah. sometimes you make it, sometimes you do swings and it doesn't work, and that's fine. Mm. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But there's something about taking that swing rather than like, for as much as we enjoyed Doctor Strange and it wasn't fun, yeah. it's a fun film, you could predict that film from start to finish. Yeah, yeah, there's nothing in it that you know that's going to change the fucking concept of Marvel movie making. No, yeah. yeah, not at all. Yeah, no, so, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. But yeah, if you're looking for a film one night, you're looking at home and you're sitting chatting out and you're sitting chilling out looking for something to watch. Netflix Redemption of a Rogue. It's Redemption of a Rogue. Cool. Very worth watch watching. Out of ten, sir. If we're going to give it something, I'd probably give it seven or eight. Yeah, definitely. Really, really enjoyed it. Really, really enjoyed that's it. Big score. Good man. Yeah. Good. Um, from that, let's move on to some other Netflix stuff that may not get quite as high a score. Um, the first <laughs> one up is a film called Senior Year, created by Alex Hardcastle. It's his feature film debut, but has done lots and lots of television. If you look through his, his um, IMDb for his TV work, he's done pretty much every American sitcom and uh, show in the last like, sort of ten years. He's done a lot of a lot of a lot of um, you know twenty minute, thirty minute sitcoms, yeah. Parks and Rec and New Girl, and I think even. Some of the ones you like, the sort of like the kind of reboot with it made in hot in Cleveland and all that kind of stuff, you know, the, all the yeah, ones. So yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, you can see that more and more now. These directors that have cut their teeth on, you know, kind of TV comedies, and then they'll kind of creep up and up and up, and then yeah, it's building a base. It's building like you know, getting yeah. your you're getting your um your name out there, and eventually yeah. you get the opportunity to work with people. You can get something. Um, you know, to do. Um, in the film we've got is about a woman who basically on a on a prom. Yeah, sorry, she's a cheerleader. Um, yeah. She's going to be the head cheerleader. She's she a head cheerleader. She's loving life. Going to go, senior year's happening. She's going to, this is going to be the greatest year of her life. Is she, is she going to become the prom queen, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There is a tragic accident at um, a, a cheer meeting um, where they drop her and she bangs her head and she's into a coma. Um, and she wakes up like 30 years later, still in the body, obviously a 30-year-old body, but her mind is still 17. Um, mm-hmm. And she basically goes back to school to try and, recover her memory, recover, and you know, pick up where she left off so she can finally move on with life. Um, and that's essentially the story. So she's a 30-year-old cheerleader. 
Essentially, yes. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's sort yeah. of I would say it's Billy Madison meets Big um, in a way. Okay. You know, it's, right. In a way. Right. Um, Playing the the cheerleader who comes back with, with a, you know back as an old woman is uh, Rebel Wilson. I say, oh, she's fucking thirty five. She's younger than me in it. Uh, you've also got <laughs> Sam Worthington in it, Mary Holland, Zoe Chow, and Justin Hartley. So it's a it's a fairly solid cast. I, I'm really, a fan of yeah. I like Sam Worthington. He's always very good in um, yeah. everything he does. Um, with you not actually yeah, here, I don't need yeah. him at all. Yeah. Bring a lot yeah. of charm. Um, so like I said, it's Billy Madison meets Big meets Mean Girls. You know, it, it very much hangs on all the, the high school trom- comedy tropes. Mm. Um, there's a couple of laughs to be had in this, and I do mention a couple of laughs mm. to be had, um, but there's not too much, um, to be honest. Yeah. There's not a lot there. And it's it's very much focused on River Wilson. There's not a lot of other yeah. people out to do much else. So that way, any interesting side characters you may actually have you know, that might bring a bit of freshness, a bit of life to you, that might stand out, are basically just background noise. They're not actually yeah. giving any sort of chance to to, to open up and, and give anything. You know, like Mean Girls, everyone knows that the main story of Mean Girls, but it's, it's sort of, everyone in that film's got a wee bit of an arc who you can kind of enjoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Things like Fast Times and Breakfast Club, well, they've all got, <laughs> a, a, not they don't, they don't focus on one, they might, might be a lead person who's the main story yeah. about, but everybody around them has a lot more to do, and this doesn't, you know, Rebel, it's basically it's, Rebel it's Wilson's show. Rebel's film, yeah. 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 It, she's the producer of the film as well, um, and basically at times it feels basically a vanity project to basically show off of, look how much weight I've lost, but look how big my tits still are, because like, it's all went from my face and nowhere else. So she's very happy about this, um, and obviously wants the whole world to know about it, which, you know, yeah. bravo to Rebel, she looks... You know. um, do you know what I was? I, I know it's it, it shouldn't be something that matters, um, but it, sadly it is. But, yeah. Um, I've been intrigued to see, you know, because obviously the fat Amy character and stuff like that, you know, she she kind of she built a career on being on that, you know, yeah, yeah. girl and stuff like that. That, that. that was how she built her career. So now she's lost the weight and stuff like that. And quite right, she she wants to show the world. Do you know what I mean, look at yeah, me now. Sure, yeah. um, good for you. But I wonder, and, and it shouldn't, um, yeah. you know, like fucking so many so many actors that, that get tired. It shouldn't matter. But I wonder how it will affect her career now that she's not. You know, like, like kind of fucking big like John Candy stuff like that. Aye. I mean, it's like Jonah Hill. Years. Jonah Hill is no longer really. It's, it's sort of a difference yeah. to the actor now. It, it, you, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Perce- right or wrong, there's a perception you have of that actor based on how they look, and you sort Absolutely. of you, you adhere to that a little bit. Um, well, I was I was quickly going to touch on um, Hollywood days of old, um, and I'm, in particular, I think I was going to mention. I think this fatty Arbuckle was he not obliged to be a certain size? He wasn't allowed to basically, you know, slim me. down. He had to. You know, you need to be fat. Imagine basically. that might have been part of it. I'm sure maybe um, not Chaplin, who's a British Jew, Laurel and Hardy. Laurel and Hardy, yeah. Imagine yeah. Laurel or Hardy. I can't remember what one was a big one, but um, uh, that was Stan. Hardy. Yep. Was, was Oliver Hardy. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Hardy. Oliver Hardy, Stan Laurel was a wee one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, Hardy. Imagine. Imagine. You know, part of their dynamic was it was a wee that he was big and was and again, I mean, it does apply the other way, you know, like Judy Garland and stuff like that, where, you know, yeah. they torture them to stay thin as well. Um, yeah. it, it's just a shame that even now in 2022, it is still a factor in, you know, your career, you know, if you're, you're kind of fat or thin or whatever. And it should be about the talent, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just a shame that this shit still... There's a perception of what the person is and what the vibe they yeah. give off. And I've never been a huge fan. Ray Wilson at times, I like her, sometimes I don't like her. I don't know what she's very much miss. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think yeah, this totally. one's a miss to be honest yeah. I, th- I don't think it was funny enough um, it might pass from Sunday comfort viewing for some you know it might be worth watching that way mm-hmm. but honestly mm-hmm. when I said there was a couple of laughs in it 
I'm probably being generous. There was just not enough in this whatsoever to yeah. make it in any way enjoyable. And it's again, it's an it's like an hour and forty five minutes, you know. So it's like it's it a bit laboured as well. Yeah. Aye, Who's the target audience for this? Is it a kind of teen movie or where's who are you aiming at? Actually, that's the thing I was looking at as well. It maybe feels like a because it's taking a piss out of like the the millennial generation. You know, yeah. all, all on their cell phones and you know all want to be influencers mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of at times it's taking a pop shot at them, but then also holding them up as being like sort of the way you should be. So very mm-hmm. hard to know what the audience was. And to be honest, maybe I'm guessing. 36-year-old men who are bored and sitting at home possibly might be the audience for it. Okay. Which it managed to capture well. Because <laughs> 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 I press play. Um, but honestly, I would um I would um avoid. I, I, I think there's there's better out there. There's, there's better examples of the teen comedy from like with you know done yeah, recently. Yeah, that that's the thing. It's a genre that's not short of movies. Um there's you know, 101 films like this. And, like, and I'd rather watch Metal almost. Lords again. Metal Lords was a far superior film. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to run back to Metal Lords quickly because it, yeah. it was enjoyable, but it wasn't brilliant. But I'm not going to. Yeah. But yeah, this mm. was this was definitely a weak one. Um, would you give out a 10? Four out of 10. Four. See, you're dead generous. If that was me, I'd be like, right, fuck you. You're getting two. You're always so nice. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. A couple of laughs. Sam Worthington as well. Always very charming. Yeah. But Sam, mm. Sam is always worth watching. Yeah, um, so but he's so better than this, and that's the thing. You go like you're better than this, and yes, this yeah, seems like one yeah. you've signed up for when you were like maybe just breaking through and trying to get as much work as possible, and now you're contractually obliged to be in it. But you can pick better now. You know, yeah. you've I, think, that point. I think Sam's had a bit of a rough deal, man, because he, he is better than a lot of the films he's in, and he should have been bigger than. I know he's been in some big films, but they never propelled him to that stardom that. He should have. Do you know what I mean? Um, You're thinking the wrong Sam Wellington, I believe, sir. Oh, what one am I thinking of? I'm thinking of Avatar somewhat. Sam. No, I am. Maybe, maybe, maybe I put the wrong name down, actually, now. <laughs> I <laughs> think, I'm, yeah, because I'm, I'm I think the guy Avatar. from We Wo- Wash Within. All right, that's not Sam Wellington, is it? Who? Oh, now we've got me thinking now. Sam Richardson. Richardson, right. Ah, so that's why is. I'm going, you know, what, what poor Sam, right, okay, right, cool, I've got you now. Well, so Sam Richardson's always very charming and he, right. he signed up for this when he was breaking through and now he's sort of having to do it, but he probably, you go, based on what you've done your body of work in the last couple of months, the last couple of years, you can pick better than this. Yeah. 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 So. But then maybe he's a big fan of Rebel Wilson. Could be, and, you know, he's your pals. He's like, yeah, I'll do your movie for you. Also, eyeballs. People watch this. Eyeballs gets your name recognition. That's good. People remember you. You know, so yeah, indeed, indeed. So on from that, we will go to one that's out in the cinema, and it's still out in the cinema if you want to go and see it. And that is a film called Firestarter, directed by Keith Thomas, who directed the film called The Vigil. Um, this is based on a Stephen King short story. Just a novel. Is it a novel or a short no, story? Watch that. No, no, no. Novel. I feel novel. Firestarter. And it wasn't back when it was Stephen King. Uh, Stephen King, yep. Stephen it King feels, and Firestarter. It, the story feels back many. Yes, I think this is Firestarter's maybe one of his it's one of his first kind of novels. Um uh, way, 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 way. I don't back, I'm just yeah. when I'm reading yeah. the watching it felt it felt more Backman and King. But anyway, that's the, just the, and King, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um so what this film is there's basically a family who've been experimented on um, and have all got these powers. Um one's got telekinesis, one's got 
kind of other stuff is. Um, but their daughter, apparently their daughter can basically set things on fire with her mind by thinking about it. Um, the government want her back. The government are pursuing the family in order to get her back. Um, and she's trying to come to terms with what her powers are. The family's trying to protect her. Um, and that's the sense of the film. It's, it's, a, it's a chase movie as, as they try and yeah. bring her and bring her back. Um, is that basically yeah. the plot of the book? From what you remember, I've not read the book. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, plot of the book and the original 1986 yeah. or whenever it was film as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, pretty much same. Um, in the film, you get Zac Efron playing the dad. Ryan Kira Armstrong plays the young daughter. Uh, Sydney Lemon plays the mother. Gloria Rubin plays like an FBI agent, a person um, pursuing them. Um, John Beasley plays like, the, the, the farmer they go and stay with. Mm. So that's an original, it's sort of the, the well meaning farmer that's always yeah. in a Stephen King film. Um, and also Cutwood Smith, who I was happy to see back on the big screen, uh, plays sort of like the mad, demented scientist, which he has the look for very much, you know, Cutwood yeah. Smith. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, if you, ever, you know, they watch Robocop, you'll see the man. The man knows how to do crazy bad guy. Oh, um, yeah. 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 And so, some. Yeah. Yeah. This, this was shit. Um, <laughs> it's. <laughs> Like Stephen King adaptations, they do run the they do run the full gambit of being very poor to mm. being outstanding, and there's mm. a lot of scope in between to be everything else. Absolutely, did nailed this it. This one yeah. is definitely at the bottom end. It's it's so dull. It it just feels like it's been made for contractual obligation, and it feels like no one really is invested in what they're doing. It's just there to be put out. There's actually mm. no. And Stephen King is such a breath of of. of Adaptations that you feel like, why do one that's been done before? Same with Pet, I mean, I enjoyed Pet Cemetery more than you did, but yeah, yeah, I thought it was why awful, not yeah. pick something that's been done, not been done before? Because, like you said, it's been done in the 80s, wasn't it? Was it, was yeah, it yeah. good in the 80s? Absolutely, yeah. It's a yeah. much revered Stephen King adaptation. There you yeah. go. See, so yeah. that's it's a yeah. good version. Of the 80s. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking is who, who, who asked for this and you know. Why is it necessary? Yeah, it was done by the Bloomhouse yeah. company, you know, so they know mm. how to do the film. They do them cheap, they do them quick, and they, they can get yeah. them out there. But I think it says a lot, this film has not done well at cinema. It's just, word of mouth is not spraying with this bad boy. Um, mm. It's just, it's just, it, it was dull. Um, cast all seemed disinterested, and plot never kind of lays down why it's doing what it's doing. So you don't mm. really have any reason. Like, they're running to get, they're trying to protect her, but they take, they stop for no reason, you know, like, like the hang on in the... Um, at the farmhouse for like a good mm. thing. Why? If you're on the run, don't fucking just hang around. I yeah. don't get yeah. Plus, give us, you know, we, we need, you need pace in there as well. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? And that, um, that just going to stall, stall the tension. Exactly. Um, yeah. So there's, there's, there's not enough plot to keep the story. It's, it's an unbelievable story, but you've got to have enough plot to at least make the unbelievable story believable to, to make yeah. me go along with it and it just make you care enough about the characters to overlook that and yes. you know, be invested the young girl I, I like the young girl playing the, the, the fire starter essentially she was, uh, she was do good. you know who played the original young girl um, Drew Barrymore Drew Barrymore do you know who played the dad no I don't actually uh, Martin Sheen was Oh, was it? Oh, mm, yeah, so need to watch it. If you've not seen it, I will. I'll definitely, I guess it, it, might be on Netflix now, actually. I think the, probably. the original. It'll be, yeah. it'll be somewhere, but it's yeah. very, very good film. Um, Andy had seen this one as well, Ron. He's like me, he's a massive Stephen King fan. This is his favourite Stephen King novel. Oh, really? And he texted me saying it was dreadful. Um, yeah. So, you know, the fact that you've said it and you're, you know, you're quite a King aficionado as well. I'm not a big aficionado. I, mean, I, I love everything I read the King, but I'm not yeah. quite as much as you guys are. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I you still, you know, you still, you know, the man's craft. So I think yeah. if I'm hearing two Stephen King fans saying the same thing, it's uh, I'm going to go and see it because I'm a lover king. But um, 
I'm kind dreading it. I'm getting yeah. with the lowest of expectations. I'm sure the only thing it. I would say about it is John Carpenter's score is always a delight. Yeah. Always, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But a score, a movie does not make, sir. No, it does not. And also, it's an 80s <laughs> score in a, in a modern movie. It felt a bit out of place. Yeah, yeah. Like, it works in The Guest because it's, I don't know why, but it works in The Guest fine. It always works in the, actually works in the new Halloween's quite well. This yeah. just felt like trying to capture a vibe that wasn't given, wasn't there in what this, the story was shown, you know, the vibe was yeah. all, it felt it was all off. Yeah. Um, some of yeah. the dialogue is just truly horrendous. You know, just, it's just that, that, this is the problem with Blumhouse is, they, 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 as you say, they churn them out, you know, 10 a penny. And these, Blumhouse is hitting it, putting out how many movies, you know, a year? Oh, God knows. Um, dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens. Um, and it, it's kind of more and more becoming diminishing returns with Blumhouse, mm. I feel. Um, you yeah. know, it's, there's like maybe one in 10 or Passable and the other nine are just, you know, what, why did I? But all you need is one big hit out of all of them because then one big yeah. hit and he's making. Because as you say, they're, you know, they're making these for five million. As long as they make 15 million back, job's done. Yeah, right. that's, but one, that's but a success. But then their yeah. pubs films have got like, I've made like 500 million, you know, so it's yeah. like that they're, you know, even yeah. involved in Get Out, I think, as well. That's made fucking ridiculous amounts of money. Yeah. I'm sure he's involved yeah. with, it'll be whoever money loses on this, if he loses any money, which he probably won't. He'll no, make no. up on Nope, you know, the new... Yeah, yeah the new... Up on that. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, the, the man, the man's a genius. He knows what he's fucking doing. You know, by God, he's taken over the genre, um, you know, mm. and, and, you know, stamped his name all over yeah. it. Um, so, you know, he's, he's good at what he's doing. But, um, you know, as a fan, it, it's not good to see so much tripe, you know, fucking... There's a meat fact element the to it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, it's a shame. shame. So, I'm going to give it... Three oh. out of ten. Oh, wow, man. Jesus Christ. That... three points of that are for the John Carpenter score. I've not had... When was the last time you gave a free? It's been a while, dude. It's been a long time. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not been a good week for movies for me. Um, it, it's not no, been good. Yeah, not, at all, not at all. And on to our final film of the night, which unfortunately I have not seen due to some technical issues at the local cinema. Um, so this is one that you're going to have to take a lead on, Mr. McKay. Oh, um, so... And that is called Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, directed by the Daniels, who broke through a few years ago with a film called Swiss Army Man, which we both adored. Damn, damn adored, yeah. Which was, yeah. you know, the, the farting corpse movie, is the best way to put it. Um, <laughs> yeah, Daniel Radcliffe played a corpse, um, Oscar-winningly almost. Um, I mean, outstanding yeah. performance for a, the corpse. A film that took us by surprise in, in, yeah. in, in the best way possible. Um, yeah, yeah. So this is a new film. It's got uh, Michelle Yeoh in it and Stephanie Huzu. Um, the Return of Ki Hu Kwan from Indiana Jones and The Goonies, which was lovely to see him back in Oracle. Yeah, um, yeah. I've listened to a few interviews, by the way, very touching as to why he moved away from acting. You know, just yeah. wasn't getting the roles. Was the, no one was offering was the reason? No one was offering the roles. It was all just sort of very oh. stereotypical, almost racially motivated roles yeah, um, yeah but he became a stunt oh. performer he'd done a lot of stunt work um, i think worked on like, the matrix and things like that and all the couple of the marvel films and stuff like that. he was doing all the kind of oh, things the, the yeah. choreography and stuff yeah, like yeah well i have really looked at it um hmm. also jamie lee curtis is in it jenny slate yeah. is in it and the the, you know, the legend that is mr james hong um also pops up in it yes so, david lopang yes david lopang yes, yep yes. so wait, first of all Colin, <laughs> what is the basic plot of this film Right, so th- this is going to be really tricky because don't want to spoil I, it. I, I'm desperate for you to see. Yeah, and yeah. it's one of those ones that it is so easy to spoil, and you need to go in without any. Yeah. So I'll tr- I'm going to really tiptoe. Yeah. I'm going to lightly cover it, and then next week we'll kind of go into it in depth. Okay, um, okay. 
So let me start by saying um, in the past nine days, I've seen two multiverse movies. Yes. Um, this one blew spots off there. This, yes. this is this, yeah. all I've heard by everyone so far. Yeah, yeah. Th- this is what the other one should have been. Th- this yes. is the multiverse we were expecting that we never got. That and this is like we're talking, we're talking about bravery, where you've yeah. not got 15 producers and a massive sort of like conglomerate behind you wanting to make a tentpole picture. You have to go safe, which is what they do with mm-hmm. Doctor Strange. Um, yeah. And this one, maybe they've got a lot, much lower budget. There's maybe a little bit more chance of doing, you know, you want to work within a budget, but there's more yeah. chance of be a bit out there and bizarre. And from what I saw the trailer, they go out there and bizarre with it. Balls to the wall, all the way so, with this what's one. What's the plot um, of the film, sorry? What's the rough plot? Basic premise, um, without spoilers, is there's a Chinese-American uh, woman uh, who owns a laundrette. Um, yep. Her marriage is failing um, and she has to go in for a tax audit to the IRS, um, which is stressing her out. Um, her daughter and her are having kind of issues as well. I think it's hard to do this without spoils yeah. at all. <laughs> um, and off they go to the, the, the tax thing, um, at which point um, her husband reveals that there's a multiverse out there. Right. Um, and he's aware of it um, right. and he's her aware of it and she then jumps into the multiverse and uses it to try and correct all these things that are wrong with life. Right, okay. In, in a nutshell, that's as much as I want. It's not, okay. There's so much more to it, but that's as much as I want. That's, to a base, that's, 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 the, that's the premise to get into the film. That is the premise to get into the film. Um, this... I, I, oddly enough, I had only heard about this film like a week before it came out. It was right. not on my radar at all. Um, wow, you know, amazing. so I had I know I had no idea at all, nothing about it. And then like, a week before, it was like, oh, that sounds interesting. And I went to see it. Um, and Jesus Christ, what a what a ride! Um, it's just nuts. Um, it's got it, it, it splices genres masterfully um yeah. it's an action movie a romance movie a drama film a kung fu film with choreography that is mind-blowing um it was all done by guys on the internet by the way it they found people on the internet who done the choreography because they couldn't afford to get people on properly they? yeah it's like well, guys who are doing youtube videos and stuff i mean i guess working with people like michelle yo and stuff like that they you know she, she is a martial artist anyway of the highest um, order yes but, but you know there's a lot of other people fighting her as yeah. well who obviously need to be able to do martial yeah. arts um, the, the choreography is is gorgeous. Um, some of the universes are just bonkers. Um, the rock, un- I know the rock universe. I'm not, honest, I'm not going to tell you anything. There's one with some... people. No, I've seen the trailers. People one with people have fingers as hot dogs. Yeah, is that yeah. one? <laughs> yeah, um, yes, that's the level you're at right now. <laughs> there's one utterly ridiculous idea that, on paper, you would look at it and go, "That is." Fucking stupid, don't be silly. Um, they put it on the movie and it just they put it off. Um, you you, you know, when you see it, you're like, how the fuck did, did you manage to make that and you know, that concept workable? Is it a and film you laugh at it. beyond like sort of these moments when it is crazy? Is it a film that works as a piece of narrative? Does it like are you along for the ride with it? Yeah, yeah, I mean, you, you do have to keep up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, if, if, if you're not going to get it, then you're going to get left behind and you're going to come out puzzled. Um, it's one of those ones you come out and you have got to think and piece it together afterwards. Do you know what I mean? Right. You've got to go over it in your head and think, right, have I lined it all up correctly and stuff like that? Mm. 
um, which reading reviews and stuff like that, luckily I've managed to do it. I've kind of got it. Um, you got an idea of it, yeah. When you get to the inclusion, at its heart, it is a very simple narrative. Right. Um, and when you see it finish and you get that, you let it cool. You know, right. I know exactly what it is. So it is, you know, it is a very, very simple right. story, just done in so many layers and in such fucking outrageous way that it it's seems not- more than it is. It's not a film where Herbin in the multiverse is going to bring the world, you know, the world multiverse to an end. It's sort of it's more, it's a more personal one than that. So sort of, she try to fix her own, create her own world, is, or is there a bigger story behind it? There's than a that? bigger story behind it as well. Right, um, okay. But there's, but there's not. You see, ah, ah okay, there's okay, not okay. As okay. Well. You, 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 honestly, it's just nuts, man. Um, you, you just need to see it and just sit back and roll, roll with it. Um, the, the, the only criticism I have got is um, the runtime is just over two hours right um and it does feel a wee You've bit labeled at times yeah i mean no not to the point you know where you know you, you want to get up and leave or anything mm. like that but there is a wee kind of bits where you know it it, it feels like a tour movie um you could i think you could so definitely there's probably bits and bobs that could have been maybe tidied up a wee bit um performance wise Everybody in it is outstanding, and um, particularly um, short rounds, if we want to call them short rounds. Like gadget, who, want to call them gadget. Who, Quan, let's call me properly. He, he's who, not just, right. yeah. he who is outstanding in it. Um, yeah. And I didn't realise it was him. And then when I did, I was like, well he still, done, so, you, sir. He still sounds well, the same. He's the same he voice. Does sound, yeah, yeah, but he, he really does well. Michelle Yeoh. Um, it's she, Michelle Yeoh. She's a great. I mean, she conveys emotion well. She can fight well. You know, she she, she plays strong well. And um, you know, she just everything. Jamie Lee Curtis is really funny. Michelle Yeoh's an actress well. that Hollywood's never really got to grips with. I don't really know quite how to use her. I think is what the problem with yeah. Michelle Yeoh has been like. Yeah, she, yeah. Obviously, she had a massive career in um, like Chinese film and in. Uh, like was it um, Hong Kong action movies? Yeah, 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 yeah. So she had a massive yeah. career in that. And then she obviously done the Bond film um, quite early on in a sort of Hollywood career, essentially. Yeah. And ever since then, Hollywood's been trying to find a way to like sort of to use her properly. And I just don't think they ever really have used. She either plays like the complete badass sort of like in sort of emotionless almost, like sort of yeah. kung fu, like sort of mistress, essentially. You know, that's kind of what they do. And this, you know, she's she goes through a range in this, you know, she, she obviously she does the Kung Fu badass and stuff like that, but yeah. she plays various characters and you see the range that she's got as an actress, you know, you mm. get the emotion when, when she's on screen, mm. um, particularly the scenes we had on her daughter, um, you know, there's real weight behind behind what she's doing. Um, you know, you understand the character's motives and motivations and why she's doing what she's doing and stuff like she's that. She's very sweet um, in Last Christmas. Have you seen Last Christmas? Yeah, was that the one where... Dead guy Paris from yeah, it was shit. I, I liked it. I liked. It. I thought she was sweet. I uh, no, she was good in it, but no, I, I, I was, I was not a massive fan. Um, the, the girl in there that plays the daughter, um, I'd recognised her, and I was like, "Who the hell is she?" And then when I got home, I realised she's in Mrs. Maisel, which I'm watching right, as well. Okay. Um, but everybody in it's great. That there's not a bad performance. Um, Jamie Lee, is she good in it? She is good at it. She, she's quite funny in it as well. Um, she, she's looking old as your Jamie Lee. Not that it matters, but, you know, it's just kind of, it's, it's jarring to see, you know, somebody you had a crush on as a 14-year-old boy, you know, that would 
give you a boner. Um, you know, any times you popped in screen, you know, and I mean, you see her kind of old. And, but when know. she looks, she can still look glamorous when she's in certain things. I think it's some, uh, I think in this, she's playing like a, a IRS. Oh yeah, I mean, I know she's, she's, she's dowdy yeah. for a reason. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but um. Just I, I, as I say, what what I really want to do is I want you to see this, and then okay. next week we can open it up. But then you know anyone that's seen it, they've seen it. So you know we can, we can go talk a bit more open about it. Yeah, you know, kind of a bit heavy, heavy handed with the spoilers and stuff like that. Um, but oh, what a brilliant experience! Um, you know, and like I what said, cinema should be. Everything. It's a ride. It's something that you feel envelops you and then sort of infatuates you, and it's you don't feel that you predict. You can't predict what's coming next. And yeah. at the end of it, you feel absolutely entertained for that time you're sitting there. You know, it doesn't feel like a chore. It doesn't feel like you're just watching something that's completely disposable. It, feel, it felt yeah. like something you wanted to embrace and you want, and you want to tell. And more importantly, it's a, it's a film that's, I've not seen it yet, so I can't, I can't really, I'm not put words in my mouth a little bit, but you don't need to tell people to go and watch Doctor Strange because everyone's going to go and see Doctor Strange. But you want to tell people to go and see this film because like, it feels like it, it's one that people should watch. Well, after I'd seen it, I came home and I was like, that holy shit, Lorraine, you need to come back to the cinema with me to watch this film because she's not oh, seen it. Yeah. Uh, do you know what I mean? So like, I'm I'm relishing a second viewing at it yep. because there is a lot in there and I want yeah. to now look at, you know, the stuff I missed because now I know the movie. But I'm excited to take someone else to see it. To, to see their reaction their to it. Reaction. Yeah. Exactly. And that's why I'm, I'm so desperate to talk to you about it next week because... Oh, I'm looking forward to it then. I, if, if I've kind of judged it right, the reaction I'll get for you is, is going to be like, you know, the, the, what I'm feeling. And yeah. that, that's when the magic will open up when we're talking about it. Yeah. I mean? But um, my, my score on it is um, eight and a half out of ten. I see nice. it was a wee bit laboured. Um, the trimmed even five, ten minutes off it, yep. it would have been nine, nine and a half easily. But there is... It, it, doesn't drag on, but it feels like a two-hour movie. Yes, um, you know, and if a two-hour movie is really, really good, you know, you, you won't notice that it's a two-hour movie. It just goes, and that's whereas uh-huh. with this one, you do get a wee bit towards the end. You're like, you know, you could wrap this up, and yeah. you kind of wait, and you're like, is this it? Is this it? You know, and uh-huh. it kind of just okay. pushes that invokes a wee bit too far. And right, okay. um, that's my that's my single criticism. Other than that, I had a whale of a time. The whole really packed as well. So this was a night um, just to give listeners context. This was a night when a Scottish football team had made it to a final of a big European football yes. contest. Um, so most of Glasgow were invested in this football. Um, for, uh, for one side or the other, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, I went to see this at 10 past six, Sean, which would be busy and uh, quiet. This, uh-huh. The cinema was 85% full. Really? Yeah, a big crowd. And, and that was said, we went nice, and sat down on the Monday to go and see it. Uh, Monday night at about six as well. I might maybe be the same show night. No, I went to like slightly later show than that, but no, maybe ten past six show. No, seven fifty show I went for before everything went haywire. Packed. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. people are, you know, is what you're saying is people are saying go see us. You know, people yeah. are making people going to see it as well. Um, I'm amazed it was filmed last night for you because I assumed every cinema in Scotland would be absolutely empty last night. Because... Yeah, but the great thing was is. The jokes landed, so everyone uh-huh. was chuckling at the same time as well, and that that's when that's why you go to the cinemas to yeah. you know it's a, a communal experience. That's and exactly that, yeah, hundred percent. That's what you got. You know, you're laughing with other people. You're you're all yeah. tuned in. You're all in the same wavelength. And, and two walkouts. Um, uh, I'm get, not, uh, some 
I can film as we I think we saw it with Swiss Army Man. If the film's yeah. not for you, you understand the reason to leave because it is yeah. you are taking a flyer, you are taking a, a leap with it. It is oh, sometimes yeah. out of people's <laughs> comfort zone and to know what they're yeah. to know what they're getting. Yeah. And I, I can almost respect the person who gets up early and goes, you know what, this is not for me, I'm gonna leave, as opposed mm. to the person who sits there for like you know two hours and then just moans and bitches about the how shit it was. Yeah, all the ones that we've seen a few of in our time because we've got a lot of cinema, but the ones that sit for an hour and a half and then leave, then leave, and like, well, then you're like, are you mental? Aye, you, you, <laughs> you know what you're getting in the first 20 minutes of this film. If you're not yeah, getting it, then you're there was aye, one walkout after about five, ten minutes, and the other one was about kind of 20, 25 minutes. They've in, seen enough um, to know what they're getting, and if they don't like yeah. it, they can move on, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, I should have done that with Firestarter to be honest. <laughs> Great, up, dude. We, we we don't do that. That's that's not our thing, man. No, it's not we, our thing, you know. We're, we're, there we're for crazy. The end. good or bad. We'll yeah. see it through. Um, so beautiful, beautiful film. Um, really excited to to open it up next week and explore it. And I'm excited it. to watch it. I am very excited yeah. to see it. I've been it's one I've been looking forward to for a long time. I'm glad to get just this this week. Unfortunately, Monday was only that I could go and see it. The rest of the week got away from me, so um, I'll go and see it's it. It's just then. nuts to give again people context. Um, you live. 40, 50 miles away? 35. 35. So that's a 70 mile round trip to yeah. get to the cinema for the fucking projector to break. Yes. Dude, that, I, I, I was almost crying for you when you told me. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's sad, man. That's, that's sad. Awful. It was it it was, was gutting. It was very much yeah. gutting. It's happened a couple of times. Um, yeah, it's annoying because it, it wasn't showing at the one, the cinema nearest me. Mm-hmm. But that one, yeah. we're not feeling quite as bad. But yeah, so yeah. a little bit gutting. Um, yeah. Anyway, next week, so there's not a lot out next week actually. It's because everyone's gonna Top Gun's hitting on Thursday. We won't be talking about it until the week after. Yeah. Um. But so because of that, no one's really bringing anything new out because they're. And Doctor new. Strange is still, still taking still a lot of more screens than it should. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. anything that's still out we talk about this week that you've not seen, you can still get to see. So Colin can go and see Firestarter. I can go and yes. see everything uh, everywhere all at once. Yep. We can also both go and see Father Stu if we want to as well. Because if we, yeah, if we, if we want to. We want to. We can go and see anyone, Netflix. I don't because, think we should feel obligated to. No. If we want to, yeah. We can go and see, we'll see Mel and <laughs> Mark do their thing. Um, although that's not a lot out, but I will mention out this week on Sky Documentaries. Um, it's a George Carlin documentary. Oh, is that this week? That's out. Okay. Yeah, it's out. It's a two-parter shown on Sunday and Monday nights, so it'll be out by both parts will be out by Monday night, so you can watch both of them. Watch, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, yes. So we'll George Carlin's American Dream. That's out. Um, I might try and find something else on Netflix or Amazon or something to watch. But I don't. I'm not really sure what's. They're not quite as open, but it's harder to find out what's going out now. Yeah. You know, it doesn't seem quite as they're not pushing stuff as much as they feel that they are. Yeah. Things you seem to appear now and again, you know. When you're yeah, but we'll, find, we'll find something, um, and I'll make a, a promise. Well, we'll make more of an effort, so I will watch stuff for next week. Watch the George Carlin one at least, because we both love George. Well, I'll, I'm going to go and see Firestarter because I'm an idiot that likes yeah. Stephen King, and I've got a loyalty to a man that's been fucking abused far too many times, and I should oh, know him. Yeah. But but I'll go anyway. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Right, tell me what you find us. You can find us at the number three. Beers in the movie. Uh, we're on Instagram. We've got a Gmail that no one ever uses. Somebody send me an email. I'm sick of asking. How many times have I asked for an email? And I've never ever had one. Send me a fucking email. No one emails anyone now. Colin, and well, they, well, they, they should. Um, we're on Twitter as well. Everyone shouts on Twitter. Go on Twitter. Abuse us. Go on. You can do it. You can, you can do that. And um, we're on Facebook as well. Um, which and is, Instagram. 
and Instagram as well, which is my favorite, my personal favorite Instagram. So um, look us up, say hello, talk to us, yeah, come, come, come and meet us. Um, you know, not not in person, that's stalkerish. Do, um, not, yeah. do not come to my house. <laughs> <laughs> Can I find your house? It's the no. fucking middle of nowhere. Let's say there's a chance of finding a holy grail in your house. <laughs> um, I've been calling. You've been Richard, and we have been three beers in a movie.